Good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS. This is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast. This is episode 292. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite you all to subscribe to our channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash PS. This is awesome. If you want to make fun of our trophy list on the PlayStation Network, you can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. You can write the show at PS. This is awesome at gmail.com. And don't forget to share the show with your friends. Make sure you leave comments, rate our podcast, get us moving in the algorithm. As a reminder, we're a video podcast as well. So if you'd rather watch us do the podcast, you can do so on our YouTube channel. So make sure you're subscribed to that. And for new and or longtime listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support the show for $1 a month. And that is the $1 level called the one and only $1 Club. Head over to www.patreon.com slash PS. This is awesome. Become a $1 patron to get your free die cut vinyl sticker and a shout out on the show. Before we go any further, I want to just remind the audience that we used to be a Monday morning podcast, meaning Patreon uh, subscriber or not. Show would air on Monday mornings. We have made a slight shift in our engagement with you. Uh, Non-patrons will get the show now Wednesday mornings on YouTube and on their favorite streaming platforms and uh, or preferred streaming platform. And uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you will probably get the show by Monday morning. That is the plan. We've made some changes. If you're not sure why, listen to episode 291 and we go into detail at the beginning of that show about why we're going to try this out. If you have any gripes or if you think it's a good idea, you can always chime in on the YouTube comments or just leave us a message to our email account or whatever. But that is how we are moving forward. So, Jake, how are you doing today, this this beautiful Sunday morning? Yeah, the, we were blessed with a pretty dope uh, weekend as far as Memorial Day goes, or Labor Day? Memorial Labor Day. Sorry, Memorial Day is in the in the spring. I always get this mixed up. Uh, Labor Day weekend, freaking beautiful weather. Yeah, I, uh, I was riding my dirt bike all day yesterday, and so I'm fucking dying today. But have you ever like uh, overexerted yourself? And I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but when you overexert yourself, it probably has to do with dehydration, but it almost feels like having a hangover. Yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like when I play concerts, like the next morning, sometimes I feel that way. Yeah. I mean, typically, like this morning, I'm just sore. I don't feel the, like the, I don't know, I call it like a pseudo nausea because I'm not fully nauseous, just like an uneasy feeling and then like the headache and stuff. I had that like all last night after I got home and then, which is crazy because I drank probably a gallon of water Mm. while I was riding. So it's not like I wasn't, uh, you know, trying to stay hydrated, but I don't know. I, I think a lot of people like when you do physical activities, not just like dirt bikes, but like, uh, you know, running or sports or whatever, like they'll take apples and shit, like apples yeah, and, like and bananas and stuff and eat those, like eat that kind of sugary, like fruity kind nuts. of stuff while you're, while you're working. And, uh, I guess it helps. I don't know. I was thinking about trying that. Like gerbil food. Time. Yeah. Gerbil food. Yeah. Maybe some 
fucking wood chips. <laughs> gerbil, but, uh, man. <laughs> Do people even own gerbils anymore? Sorry, go ahead. Uh, that is a, that is a great question. I don't know. It used like, to be a thing. You have to go to. Do pet store? Do pet stores even exist anymore? Because yeah. you'd have to buy one of those, probably like a pet store. Yeah. Although the guy I work with uh, has snakes, and he just buys them online, and they send them to him in the mail, that, which to me is crazy. Dude, but, you want to prank somebody? Buy a snake and have send him a snake. House. <laughs> <laughs> That'll screw up someone. That's a good uh, no, this, joke. The snakes that he buys, it would be a little bit expensive for an April Fool or a prank. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, mm. how are you? I'm good, man. It's morning. Uh, I had a relatively late night last night, but not too late. I was doing some streaming of The Walking Dead, Season 2, Episode 2. I, I'm trying to get these all done in one shots, and I almost got through Episode 2. And I ran into a situation where I felt like they couldn't progress it at all. And I was, like, really agitated. Um, so I just kind of stopped the stream. And then I got up early this morning for the podcast. And then I was like, well, I'm going to see if that was a glitch or what. And uh, I was able to get past it a little bit this morning. So I'm going to probably finish off that stream by the evening. It's, that game's so good, man. It's, it's, it's really good. So I'm good. Uh, I had a concert Friday. Um, my amp, my, my JCM 900 was doing something really weird, which it's usually always reliable. And we set up. It's one of those things where, like, I don't get to feel like our band or our... Uh, now I'm talking about one of my land, not the flood, uh, that we get to do many shows. And when we do, it's usually people who don't know what, what we do, what we're about. Or there's, like, five people there. So the show on Friday was at Lavery Brewing, and it was all these old school dudes from the old scene that knew exactly our lineage and where we came from. So they were all excited to see one of my land play because they 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 either haven't seen us yet, or had heard about us and hadn't seen us and wanted to see us, or had seen us so long ago that they were excited to see us again. And this isn't everybody that was there, but there were a good portion of people that were there. So once in a blue moon, when I show up and play a punk rock concert, I kind of, I don't, I, ego's not the, the, what I'm trying to associate here, but like you walk in and you can just sense that everybody's stoked to hear you play, right? It's a good feeling when you're a songwriter and you do this shit and you've been doing it for more than half your life that like you finally found a crowd that like actually cares about what the fuck you're about to do. So as you're setting your gear up and your stuff and stuff, you're like, man, this is gonna be electric tonight. Like it's gonna be an awesome performance. We're gonna be on fire. Like people know what we can do, what we can bring, the style of music we play. And it's like dudes from like this old band called Good Intentions are there. There are people from uh, Oh No, it's Mustard Gas are there. These, these punk rock guys that like come out. We've I've always been in bands that have been bands bands. Like I feel like the stuff that I write kind of falls a little short. This isn't a dig on the general music listener, but like we don't write like the most uh, approachable music. But I think like other musicians really usually generally appreciate what we do. So I'm getting my amp set up and uh, I flip on the switches. You can hear the tube wow, turn on. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. And then I take off standby and everybody like the, the place is like really packed. And my amp just goes. Like, 
it's deafening. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Like, instantly deflated all of my, like, whatever mojo I had going, confidence, everything just went right through the fucking floor. Like, and I'm like, uh, I start sweating and I'm up on stage. I'm like, God, what, what the hell is happening here? So I turn standby back on and uh, the sound goes away. And I'm like, it's probably a bad speaker cable. So Troy's leaning over and I'm like, yo, dude, talk and see if one of the other bands have an extra speaker cable. Paul's like, hey, I got one of mine. So we swap out speaker cables. I'm like, hopefully to God, that's all that was. Stand by. Doing it again. And I'm like, God damn it. So then I'm like, all right, <clears throat> Troy, take my cord and uh, plug in the, plug your guitar into it. Let's, let's rule out it being an issue with my input on my guitar. He plugs in. You know, in the meantime, like everybody in the crowd is just going like this, like wincing because it's so fucking loud. And it's, it has nothing to do with the volume of my amp. It's just like this is the sound it's deciding to make. And I, I go, all right. So we've ruled that out. I said, all right, here, let's grab a brand your instrument cable, Troy, that is working in your amp. Take it, unplug it, plug it into my amp directly. Avoid the fucking pedals. Let's just see. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, this amp's fucking fried. That something between moving my guitar head, my JCM 900 Marshall head, from the house to the show in Erie, it decided to shit the bed. So then this other guy has like this this amp, nice guy. He used to play in a band back in the day called Black Rose Diary. His name is Josh. He's a good songwriter. He has a pretty nice sounding amp, actually, his head. But he came over and he goes, dude, can I, do you want to just use mine? I'm like, I'm going to have to if you're cool with that. I said, this thing ain't making any noise tonight. So we put it up. And, dude, it wasn't my guitar sound. You know how that fucking works. Like, your band sounds slightly different than, like, what you want it yeah. to sound like. So we were tight, but I felt shitty about the whole thing. Everyone seemed to enjoy it. But, like, in my head, I was like, well, there it goes one of the five shows this year that I was really looking forward to playing. Um, but I get the amp home late, late Friday night at midnight. And then Saturday morning, it's like, I got to know what's wrong with it. So I pulled the, the fuses out and started looking at the fuses and they were all fine. None of them were blown. And I haven't on a while and all the tubes are lit up. And I'm like, what the fuck? So then I, I flipped the standby amp works perfectly fine it's like nothing ever happened so i don't know what the problem was maybe something is working on breaking and hasn't broken fully maybe i started thinking like maybe my my power cord wasn't plugged all the way into the amp and it wasn't getting the right juice and it was doing making a weird i don't know i don't know so now i'm left with this situation um, where I could pay probably a few hundred bucks, take it to this place in Hubbard, Ohio, and have this dude do a once over on it and like just kind of like a systems check. But I kind of don't want to spend the money either. So I don't know what it is. When, when was the last time you replaced the tubes in it? It's been a couple years. But I mean, like, it, I don't use it a ton, you know? So I, th there's really, unless something jostled around in there, I mean, the tubes are all lit when I put it in recently. When I turn it on, yeah, but that doesn't that that doesn't mean that they're not like fa like one of them's not like failing or something like that. Yeah, that's true. So, but uh, I don't know. That's really weird. It could even be something. I don't know, man. There's so much that could be wrong with it. Yeah, but but that's, that's my wild. story. That sucks. Yeah, I mean it's fine. I I mean it's like 
It's like when a vehicle doesn't start and then all of a sudden it starts. And you're like, well, shit. You know, maybe it was just tired, you know, I, until it doesn't start the next time. Yeah, right. Well, that's the concern. And Troy's like, dude, you really should still go take that and get it checked out. And I'm just like, I don't want to spend the fucking money on it. He's not wrong, though, because we have a show with Off With Their Heads in Pittsburgh, which is a pretty big band. I think they're an epitaph right now, but playing with a bigger band in Pittsburgh. And I think the show's going to sell out. So I don't want to have this happen in October. But this this dude in Hubbard specializes in this stuff. But like you call you, I called up there, hoping to just talk to him. And their voice messages is like, "Do not leave a message. We will not listen to your message. We won't call you back. You have to write us an email." And I'm like, "Wow, they kind of sound like fucking pretentious assholes." But just on a message machine like that, it just rubbed me the wrong way. So now I got to draft an email and just be like, "Yo, what what do you charge for just a a sir a, a general service of an amp?" Uh, you know, because he deals specifically with, like tube heads and shit. Like he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I mean, people like that. I guess they have a right to be pretentious if they want to be. But he's probably a really good dude. But you never know. Dude, when- some of those, some of those people. Like, there's a guy that, I, um, that I do that I talk to as a contractor. Yeah, and you can never get a hold of him by phone because, like. So many people call him that his voice. The part of the reason is like his his voicemail fills up like instantaneously. Yeah. So like it's constantly full. So I, I could be anything. Hopefully man. he's not a dick, but he's probably know, it, not it a is, dick. You can't run a business and be a dick. You know what I mean? I wouldn't think so, unless you know he's got like some niche market. Or well, something. he does. I guess there's probably not a ton of people working on amps. So, but I don't know. I mean. Hate to judge someone to actually. Yeah, I'm not not judging. It's just like it was a weird way to like, you know. Hear well, I get it, dude. I'd feel the same way. Like I, especially when you're trying, like when you have a problem and you're trying to get a hold of somebody, you just want to talk with someone. And um, yeah, I, I've encountered a couple of businesses or places that I've been trying to get a hold of that have in their voicemail, "Do not leave a message." Which is like the fucking weirdest shit. It'll be like, but usually it's like you know, call back later or something like that. But I guess yeah. um, maybe this guy checks his email more than he checks his voicemail, which is fine. Yeah, it's hard to say. You know, it's probably like connected to a landline or something. It's probably a number he want to change because he had already built up like a reputation and like he's just like, I don't even listen to that machine anymore. Just send us an email. We're doing business in the digital world now. It's it's hard to say, but Troy uses the guy, and Troy swears by his ability. He says he's kind of middle of the road as far as price. He's not cheap, but he's not like overly expensive. So, um, yeah. And I guess the good news is, is uh, for anyone not familiar, there are very few Waffle Houses in Pennsylvania, and Hubbard, Ohio, is kind of across the line. It's obviously across the line, but there's a Waffle House out that way, and it's like one of my favorite places to get food. So if I do end up taking my amp out there, I'll get to pit stop at Waffle House and get like I don't know some hash browns or something. <laughs> But dude, that's that's it. Let's let's talk about games, Jake. We are, after all, a PlayStation Podcast. This episode, as a precursor, is gonna be relatively shorter than the last one or any of the other ones because we were so late in doing episode two ninety one. This episode is going to be uh news points essentially from Wednesday through Saturday. And us just talking about what we've been doing the last like five days, four days. Um don't think that all of our future episodes are going to be 
similar in content. This one's going to be a little abbreviated just because of the nature of us pushing the show out a little bit and um, us recording essentially mostly late last week. So has really nothing to do with us pushing out the show because we're still going to try to record on the weekends. But um, it is what it is. So we talk about games that we're playing. And uh, I have had this game on my wish list for a while. And uh, I'm so sorry about that. I didn't know my sound was on. Um, it's not. It's going through my computer. But um, the uh, this game called Jet the Far Shore was a game that I thought always looked interesting. And it's, and it's a PlayStation premium game or essentials or whatever the middle class is, the middle, middle of the road is. And um, I downloaded it and I always thought like the, the, the graphics in the game, something about the game just kind of intrigued me. And uh, essentially the story goes that you just go into a uh, kind of like a, a hypersleep chamber with a couple other people and you go like a thousand years into the future and then you just fly this jet plane around and I, and you land on different worlds and stuff. Um, you're trying to preserve your, your, your kind or something. It's really interesting. It's, it's a little artsy fartsy for me, a little in little indie is not even the right word. It's just, um, some of the, some of the, uh, when you land is kind of cool, but it's all kind of quick time environment, like quick, like you walk around, you push and hold X to talk to people. Um, it's, there's not, I'm, I'm very early in the game, but I'm not feeling like this feels like a game. It just feels more like one of those experiences, right? There are different maneuvers you can use with the vehicle. Like you can, uh, do this thing where you hit your thrusters and it'll trigger different things that you fly over and give you a boost. And you're going through these really cool little landscapes and you're dodging and weaving in between like a slalom, like a skier, like you're going through things and eventually you get to your destination, you land on this new territory and then you kind of talk to their, their people and you walk around and that's about it so far. Um, I don't know. I, I'm glad I didn't ever buy the game so far, but I, I probably will play it a little more, but it's not, it's not like doing anything special for me right now, but it's, it's called jet the far shore. So can, is there any way to like die or anything? Or you just kind of wander around? I mean, it's a kind of like flower. You just kind of wander around. Yeah. I mean, I haven't died yet. I, I, I haven't encountered any enemies, so to speak. I, hmm, I don't – maybe there's a timer eventually that you got to race through these things with a certain time or maybe you get different ship upgrades that allow you to do things. I'm sure you run <clears> into <throat> like a dangerous race or something, right? Like a hmm. class of people. I don't know. It's fine. It's just uh, – Fair enough. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing in it yet. And it's, it's not as bad as control, but I mean it's – it's different. Jake, what are you playing? Uh, so I I beat uh, like I said last week I beat Final Fantasy 16. So <clears throat> I kind of moved on and I started playing um the fuck am I playing? Sea of Stars. So I started playing Sea of Stars and I also dipped my toes into Quake 2. Yeah. So I started playing Quake 2 as well because I said I was going to check that out. Um, Quake 2 is – I know uh, Troy's really high on the Quake remasters. Mm. 
But uh, Quake 2 is like... So I didn't play the, the Quake 1 remaster, but Quake 2 is like a phenomenon as far as like PC gaming and multiplayer and stuff like that. So I wanted to check it out. And um, it's a really good remaster. It is hard with a controller. Like these games are so much... I don't want to say better, but like... With a mouse. A mouse and keyboard just makes them so much easier because the way that you move is really like fast and floaty and like then like the 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 aiming and stuff is really, really quick and twitchy. So um and there's not like there's not like the the auto aim that we take for granted on console is not um I mean they have auto aim, but it's like it's not really that big. It's not really a thing. Uh, so I had to tweak with the, as I always seem to do. So I'm playing this on on Xbox just because it's on Game Pass and I, don't, I didn't have to pay for it. Um, but uh, I always seem to have to tweak. And I don't know if this is this the, the Sony version would be the same way, but I always seem to have to tweak the, the look feel on yeah. Xbox. I don't know what it is. Like I have to I have to change like how big the dead zone is. The dead zone is fucking huge in this game. And I have to like adjust the sensitivity and the acceleration and all this shit and I hate it. Like I wish I could just be like there should be a there should be a way for me to just be like make it feel like destiny and then just like boop and it does it. Like why is it that all of these first person games why do they all feel different? Like what? Like you think you would think that there would be a package that they could download online to just drop into their fucking game for the look feel, and it's like, oh, do you want it to feel like this? Do you want it to feel like that? No, I'm just gonna make my own freaking look feel up, and it ends up being a miss, and I gotta tweak all these freak. At least they have the settings in there I can tweak or whatever. But I will say it's entertaining, it's fun. I I love those old um, PC, those old id games. I mean, usually once a year I'll go back through and play, just rip through the original Doom, um, just because I love it so much. I don't play Wolfenstein 3D very often, but Doom, Doom 2, uh, occasionally I'll play Heretic, mm. and uh, now uh, Quake 2, which is pretty cool. So, but back to Sea of Stars, so I started playing that, and it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie, I I was... I heard, let's see, Open Critic. Like 20 some So Sea of Stars has an 89 on Open Critic right now, which is probably about right. It's it's pretty good. I mean, it's it. this is made by the team that did The Messenger, which was a beloved indie title that was kind of in the vein of, you know, Ninja Gaiden or something like that. Yeah. Um, but this is like a JRPG kind of Chrono Trigger sort of game. And it's really interesting. It's got really cool pixel art graphics, isometric style. Uh, and you play as these this brother and sister who are these they, – they just came out of the academy training to be these like basically these special warriors that um, – there are only so many of them I guess because of the, how they're born or whatever. I don't fucking know. But uh, – <laughs> And so you start on this adventure, 
And it's got some really cool, it's a true turn-based game. So, like, if it's your turn, you can just kind of sit there forever and the enemies are never going to, it's like Final Fantasy VII where it's active time battle. So, like, if, you know, it's your turn and you wait too long, the enemies will keep attacking you. This one, it's true turn-based. It's got this neat, like, like rhythm timing mechanic where um, I think like uh, Legend of Dragoon had this and stuff. You might have you might have played a game like this where when you go to attack, if you hit X at the right time, it'll do like extra damage or yeah, do yeah, like yeah. a second attack or something. Or like um, when an enemy is attacking you, if you hit X at the right time, they'll partially block it to like lower the amount of damage that you take. Right. Um, it's got this neat like. Uh, system where an enemy might be charging up to do like a big attack and it'll bring these icons over their head in a power level and the icons represent types of damage and if you can do that damage on them before they do the attack it'll either if you do all of the icons you you break them all Mm -hmm. it'll it'll stop the attack completely but if you only break a few of them it will lessen the amount of power that the attack does, which is pretty cool. Because usually it's like there are like similar mechanics in games before where there's like an interrupt mechanic or something. But it's usually like either they attack you or they don't. Right. Like in this one, it seems like you can partially interrupt it where they'll attack you still, but it'll do less damage. So there, there's a point in even trying to break some of them, even if you can't break all of them, mm. which is pretty cool. And then the other, the one final thing, I guess, before we move on is, is that, uh, there's this cool, like, combo mechanic where, like, two or more of the players in your party can kind of team up to do an attack. And so there's, like, this combo meter where, like, as you're playing, the combo meter will fill up and it can fill up up to three times. And you have different combo abilities that you can use, uh, to do, like, bigger attacks or to, you know, maybe do like a large healing action for your party or something like that. Um, it's it's awesome though. I, I I I'm not really in the right headspace for it. Yeah. So I find myself like wanting to play. Like I just I'm I just I'm ready to play Starfield if I'm being honest. So this is kind of just like keeping me busy until Wednesday. But um, it's uh, but that said, I still think it's very good. It's very good. I think people who are into like JRPGs, especially like the 16-bit style from Super Nintendo to early PlayStation N64, um, you'll really like it. I I think that it's pretty cool. The the boss fights are pretty neat that I've done so far. Is it, is it incredibly um, challenging or anything? That is the one thing. The combat, and I'm hoping that the, it will kind of ease up as my character levels and stuff. It's pretty i don't want to say it's too challenging but you definitely have to watch out at the beginning of the game because you could you could get killed pretty easily if you're not careful because basically all of the enemies will do enough damage to take like a third of your health away on most of their attacks so you have to like be diligent about how you're healing and everything and but I think it's balanced pretty well. Like, I've never felt like I'm going to die. And the cool thing about it, 
The other cool thing about it is like um, if a character gets knocked out in your party, there are no Phoenix Downs. Oh. To give you a Final Fantasy term where you can bring them back with an item or something. They have stars. Like they, you get knocked out. It's like fucking a cartoon. There are stars like circling their head. Mm. And based on how bad they're knocked out, there will be more or less stars rotating around their head. And every turn, one of those stars disappears. Yeah. And then after all the stars disappear, they just automatically come back. So with they just half get health. like concussed. Yeah. They like automatically come back with 50% health after the, the stars go away. So there's almost a strategy to that too, where like if you've got a, if you've got a character that's got like five health left or something like that, but your other two characters are good. Mm. It's almost a strategy to like just let them get knocked out and come back with full health yeah. rather than waste some of your healing items. Yep. So like um, now there's – like I said, it's a gamble when you do that. Depending on the battle, you have to kind of take it in stride with the situation. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's really neat. It's got very good uh, – it's got very good scores. People seem to like it. I know it's getting overshadowed by things like um, Starfield and Boulder's Gate and stuff like that right now. But – I think that uh, anyone interested in this type of 16-bit JRPG-style game, I think that you, there's something for you. Cool, man. Yeah, <clears throat> just a couple comments real quick. You said something about why can't every game just have, like, the Destiny setting? Because what makes Destiny fucking Destiny, man? Like, that's <laughs> I agree. But Well, man. there's all the other stuff surrounding it, surrounding it with the, like... Uh. With the you know the how how you jump and move and stuff like that, yeah. all the weapons, how the enemies interact with it you. It would be really. I'm nice. talking speci- I'm talking specifically the aiming, right? Specifically how the aiming. But like Call works. of Duty is the same way. Else. Call of Duty is fantastic with that shit. Yeah, same thing. Call of Duty aiming. They've cracked. I should the be code. able to just drop that bitch into any game I want. Yeah, I mean I don't disagree with you, but they keep that a secret because they know that helps them sell their games. <laughs> it keeps them a leap I'm sure it does ahead of others. Capacity. But Sea of Stars sounds really cool. I don't know. I I don't know what I, I don't even know what I'm going to play here. I I'm really back into The Walking Dead now. I I can't seem to make my mind up. But let's get on with listener feedback. Every show we talk about uh, video games, and then you guys can write us, and uh, we talk and bring up your points and your questions or your uh, whatever, and you don't even have to be a member of our Patreon to to enjoy this feature of our podcast. All you have to do is write us on our YouTube channel, leave a comment. We do prefer you do it on pay- Patreon, uh, which means that you're giving us a buck a month, but um, we don't expect it, but we appreciate that. But uh, in any case, all is fair that is fair. One Black Talon writes in, longtime listener here. He writes in, Maybe Jake can give us his thoughts on Starfield once he gets a chance to play it. I appreciate this question uh, because it's a sentence and a question, but it also addresses the fact that we are not an Xbox podcast, right? So, but to One Black Talon's request, I think for sure we're going to have Jake talk about Starfield because it's one of the biggest games. It's a Bethesda game. Us Sony gamers aren't getting this game. This uh, Who knows if it'll ever... I don't think it will ever. Uh, maybe in 10 years it might show up on PlayStation console or something. I don't know. But as it stands, there's no plan for this to come out on PlayStation. So 
I'm with you on Black Talon. I kind of feel this is the first time in a long time as a Sony gamer, I feel like I'm missing out on something important that's going on over at my Xbox. This is the first time. I can't think of any other games that have hit Xbox that we didn't have. The only other time I felt slightly burned was when the second Tomb Raider game came out and it was like a year early on Xbox. But at least I knew I was going to get it. But I I was kind of like, God damn, like I just want to play that game. But I couldn't. But this one is is out of that scope. It's It's not even going to fall under our umbrella ever, I don't think. Um, it could, but I don't know. Yeah, I I'd be shocked if, especially since it seems like it's reviewing well. I I'd be shocked if this ever came out on PlayStation, even though they had it they had it running on PlayStation. Um, <clears throat> but then you know that all got axed whenever Microsoft purchased Bethesda or whatever. Right. Um, you'll definitely I. I and I'm gonna preemptively apologize to the listeners. You're gonna basically my input on the games we're playing probably for the next while is gonna end up being Starfield. And I feel bad about that, but it's just those types of games are like all encompassing and they're usually long. So it's like I'm sure you could probably go back to if you were to go through all two hundred and ninety one episodes of the show. And on games we're playing, just write, just put like a hash mark down every single time uh, I said Skyrim. There's probably a lot. Mm. And just over the years. And so, like, I'm a big fan of their games. And who knows, maybe this game won't hit with me or whatever, but uh, I'm excited to try it and start it. It seems to be sort of the talk of the town right now. Um, I feel bad that it's not coming to PlayStation and that our audience won't be able to experience it because their games are typically uh, like Skyrim was like it changed the industry basically. Um, Fallout 4, not so much. And, um, you know, obviously Fallout 76 was kind of a dud. But, uh, you know, Fallout 4, I think, was just because they. Fallout 76, I think, was a different thing. Fallout 4, I think, was just they just rested on their laurels after Skyrim and they didn't they didn't try to innovate. Well, Starfield seems like that innovation. So, yeah. We'll just have to see how it works out. If you have an Xbox or you have a PC, you can play it. So, it's not just on Xbox. If you don't, if you have a gaming PC, you can play it on there. Um, Unfortunately for all you freaking Mac nerds, it's probably not on Mac. Yeah, dude, um, and we're gonna get to that in a second too. Because <clears throat> so, uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, I I will definitely talk about it on the show. Um, I don't know how much I'll talk about it, just because I don't want to spend a lot of time discussing something that our audience isn't uh, able to play, unless they specifically ask for more updates about it. Right, just because it seems kind of. Um, it doesn't seem like good content for the show, I guess. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I definitely want to hear your initial impressions when you when you you know when you finally crack that egg open. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, I think our listeners will as well, including one black talent. Uh, so thanks for writing in, and that was it for the listener feedback. And uh, we appreciate you writing in. Um, I have seen a slight lull in interaction with the show, which is fine. It's summer; it's busy. People are gearing up to hunker down here in the winter. And uh, or maybe you know we're just not tripping your trigger like we used to, um, which is fine. You know I'm okay with that. Uh, some people move on. 
Um, but thank you for listening to the show. And every show, we get into some news points. Now, we don't have a lot of news points this episode because we covered most of them on 291. But there were a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. And that being said, Jake, the first news point, we did discuss this briefly on the last episode, but the PS Plus price hike, the announcement, um, it's, you know, we spoke briefly about this in how it's a really substantial increase in the cost of the services. Um, but as it turns out, as a result, uh, the share price for Sony stock is now up over 3% since this announcement. And uh, it was indicated that Sony could see upwards of a $378 million profit because of this boost, this charge, this additional fee for Plus. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, do they really need it? And then it's like, if you can make money that easily, they have to be careful, though, because if it's too high... They probably have done the math. Like the amount of people that are going to go to a lower tier or just not subscribe anymore um, is going to be offset by the increase, you know. And they they probably stand to gain money apparently, but they have they have to like anticipate some people leaving, right? The the structure a little bit. Like, what's your take? Yeah i I would think that you've got to be careful about this because I'm sure that they're there might not necessarily be a lot of gamers like this, but there is definitely a subsect of gamers like me that don't really need PS Plus because I don't play games online. So the only reason I have PS Plus really is for cloud saving and the occasional PS Plus extra game that I play. Yeah. Like they're they're fucking making money on me, so oh yeah, same. So like it's, I think that it's possible that you're gonna see. I don't want to say a mass exodus over this, but you may see a. I don't know that like there's probably a game going on where Sony's like, if we increase the price thirty percent, and like how many subscribers can we afford to lose? And have that still increase our profits, right? You know what I mean? Like they're they're, they're probably doing the dice. running the numbers, yeah. yeah. So like, because they're probably like, if we make it this high, you know, if they make it too high, then they'll lose too many subscribers. If they don't make it high enough, they won't get the profits they want, and nobody will leave. Mm-hmm. But if they make it like in the middle, they might lose some people, but they'll still make a lot of money on the back end. So I don't know, I. I think that this is really unfortunate, and I can see myself maybe um, – dude, I think what they should have done, if I'm being completely honest, and maybe this is – maybe this is not going to work for them for – you know, because of the, the different uh, tiers and stuff. But they should have – they could I could see them maybe increasing the price of extra and premium by 30 percent. But leave 35 percent. Believe essential, like still increase it, but maybe increase it like ten percent, or or something like that, or fifteen percent, um, or like I said last week, you can maybe 
increase it a little bit this year and then a little bit next. Like, just let everybody know, like, hey, we're going to have a tiered kind of price increase to keep up with inflation or whatever the fuck excuse you have. But then just say, like, okay, over the next five years, we're going to have three price increases or something. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know... Here, here we are talking about it from the consumer's perspective, but from Sony's perspective, they're just like, "Fuck it, they're gonna pay for it anyway. Who cares?" Yeah, we're gonna make some money. On and it. that's like the ultimate business strategy, right? It's like if you can make the money, make the money. Yep. Because they're probably not gonna lose that many subscribers. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting though. I don't like it, but um, dude, I run into stupid stuff like this just with yeah. pricing my merch. Like my record, you know, I when I released Gasheart on vinyl, it was like. I know what I paid to have that done and it wasn't cheap. And then it was like, but if I charge like what I would have liked to have charged, like 25 bucks for that record, I probably would have lost a couple people buying it. And then it's like, if I, yeah. if I lose 10 people, you know, I'm losing 50 bucks, but I'm gaining a hundred by keeping it at 20 bucks. So I'm actually up $50 by keeping the price point at 20 instead of 25. You know what I mean? So, it's right. It's a tough. It's a tough thing to do. But then it is a gamble because you're like, well, if if I don't lose anybody by making it 25 bucks, then like I actually can make a profit on this fucking thing. But these guys are just raking in a profit. Like there's there's no. There, I, there, I don't want to say there's none. There's got to be some overhead, obviously with the network and and all that stuff. But I mean the fucking Sony man, like they they're not going to ever risk taking a loss, and they're well past that. I would imagine on the PS Plus, so. It's only profit. Like, it's not like they have to make a decision where it's like, well, if we don't price this right, we're going to break even. You know, they're they're making money. <laughs> it's like, how much more can they take as for us? Do you notice, too, they're, they're doing this weird thing now where, like, and they've been doing this, and maybe I'm wrong, but does it not seem like there are certain games that you can play for free if you're a premium member, but not an extra member, that are not classic or streaming titles. Oh, see, I don't know about that, but I know that that does exist. But I'm not sure if it's. I mean, because the 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 premium was supposed to be classics, right? That was it was supposed to be that they were going to gatekeep the cla- the classics. You couldn't classics get in. in the cloud streaming, yeah. right? So I. But because I was just looking at the subscriptions, it's like, on, like a dragon now is like premium only or something. Well, I think like a dragon is it is it premium only? I thought it was on extra. I'm just making an example. I mean, I, oh, okay, I don't okay. know. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. I because I was just looking at the plans on the PlayStation Store because mm. I was thinking like, well, maybe I ought to just renew my subscription right now. Um. It's like a hundred bucks. So man. that before the fucking price goes up. But uh, I think that they said that if you're re- – as long as you renew before uh, November, your price stays the same, I think. Even though like the price increase for new new adopters is September 6th, I think if you're renewing, as long as you renew before November something – it you still get the old price. I'm not positive. I was reading the the blog post about this. I don't know. I, all um, I know is like this conversation comes up way too fucking often with Sony about Plus. It's like can can we just have some like some steadiness? 
some sensical, like logical, like, I don't know. I mean, I get it though. Like literally everything is increasing as far as price goes. And I can understand why Sony would increase the price of plus. I would do the same if because, I them. Because it's like their easiest avenue for making money. You know, the, the easiest avenue for them to make money is, is when they charge people 30% to put games on their store. Right. But the second easiest avenue is for a PS Plus subscription that requires very minimal maintenance for them. But to be fair, that subscription does give you free titles every month that they do have to pay for. It's not just the extra stuff. It's even the essential stuff. They got to pay for those games. Yes, that's true. That's true. So I don't know what a game like uh, what a game like what was the the one that just came out um, that everybody that was really bad when it launched uh, the 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 GTA the goofy GTA um, Saints Row Saints Row like I don't know what something like a like a Saints Row cost to have on Plus but I'm sure it's millions and millions of dollars so. I don't know. I'm not defending Sony by any means. I, I have already mentioned that I, I I don't think that this is a good price increase. Right. But I can understand that it probably was going to go up at some point. I just think that the amount that they are increasing it is kind of crazy. Well, Jake, one might ask why the increase in the price, inflation aside. There's a YouTuber named Mystic. And uh, he is he is uh, doesn't tote himself as being a leaker or somebody who outs companies for things that they're going to be doing or whatever. But he did indicate that he had it on good authority that Sony is bringing a new emulator to the PS5 and the PS4 for PlayStation 2 games. So maybe with this price increase, we see some sort of bonus added to maybe uh, the service that could involve a PS2 emulator. I don't know. Um, I could see that mattering if it was like PS3 games. But but PS2 games, I don't know how big of a splash that's really going to make. I mean, there's already some PS2 games that we can already get on there. Yeah, can we get get them all? No. But now if they if they came out and they were like, we've got an emulator for PS2 games and here's the entire fucking catalog, hmm. that would be a different story. But if it's just like, we got an emulator and like, but then they don't have sort of like a, a release plan hmm. for, like there has to be a benefit to this because they're already releasing PS2 games occasionally on the platform. Right. So I don't know. It, it like... It there's it seems to be like they need to come out and say oh well this is going to increase our ability to to release PS2 games more frequently or something like that I don't know but it could you could be right well Mystic might be right yeah well Mystic might be right <laughs> but yeah it's it's interesting well the next news point and it, and it's something we kind of just brushed over again and like I said there's not a lot of news stuff but that PlayStation Portal the handheld um. Sony announced a release date for this, and the release date is going to be November 15th, so that's going to go on sale before Christmas. Do you – this is opening uh, – let me just say this. They better market this thing – you know, like sometimes when you buy shit, it's like 
Like, for example, Hero Quest, it comes with an expansion, multiple expansions. One is called Keller's Keep. Keller's Keep says specifically, you must have the Hero Quest original board game in order to use this. Right? So, like, you release the PlayStation Portal, which can't run a game on its own, and you put it in stores and it looks like a Switch. And it's around Christmas time. And how many grandmas and parents and grandparents are going to buy this for their kid? Being like, oh, PlayStation for like 200 bucks. Cool. And then like they won't be able to fucking use it because they don't have a PS5. Is that is that a possibility, do you think? I mean, it's always a possibility that grandmas be gramming. But I, I, I don't know that I, I don't know that this is really going to be that big of a deal. I would certainly hope that they, like, at worst case scenario, they'd be like, oh, it's like a controller or like a handheld or something like that. But yeah, you could be right. I mean, it could be that people buy it thinking that they could play games on it, but here it's just a streaming device. But I don't know. I mean, they, there's like the Logitech G Cloud and stuff like that that are are devices like this that Not exist. at Walmart. Well, I don't know if they're at Walmart. That's a good point. Um, this will be the only know, thing will... that looks like a handheld at Walmart that isn't a handheld. That's true. I don't know, man. I, I am curious about how this thing's going to go. I, I was actually thinking when I was playing Sea of Stars that like Sea of Stars would be an awesome handheld game. And I would love – like I was almost thinking like, man, if I had that PlayStation Portal, this is the type of game I'd love to just play in bed. Yeah. Because I it's not like a – I mean it's – I don't want to diminish it by saying it's not like a TV console experience because it is. It's a It's a – it's a, it seems like a great game, but that type of like that type of game, that like indie sort of sixteen bit kind of aesthetic type game, I think just fits so well as like a portable handheld experience. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. So like, part of me was thinking because I'm I'm borrowing my buddy's Switch. I was like, man, maybe it would just be better to play it on the switch because then i could like take it wherever and i could play it on the tv if i wanted so i don't know i i i still am undecided on the playstation portable or portal portal playstation portal because the portable is the psp so um i'm undecided i i could see myself you like there are very specific instances where i could see myself wanting one of these but then I think about like the number of times I actually play the Switch yeah, or the Vita dude. when I lay down, and it's like zero. Basically, I get into bed and I go to sleep. I don't. I don't like. I don't like to lay in bed. I'm not one of those people that really likes that, and and I <clears throat> don't have trouble falling asleep. So I usually just like lay down and pass out, and especially if it's been a long day or whatever. And honestly, people. You shouldn't be using your screens in bed anyway. It's bad for your eyes. It's bad for your sleep. Don't do that. Unless you got that blue light filter. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought of like but a... I thought... It's a little bit of a side tangent. Well, you talking about sleeping. I, th- I thought of this crazy premise for like a horror movie. And nobody knows what it means. But like, what if... What, what if... In the entire world... At a certain time... Every day. Now, granted, day here is night somewhere else, but at a certain time, something clicks or happens where the people who are sleeping wake up and every person on earth is is awake at the same time. 
Like that, I don't know how that becomes scary, but like I love the idea of everyone on the planet waking up and being awake and knowing everyone else is awake at the same fucking moment. Like, that'd be crazy to think about that. It's, you know, it's never happened. It's never happened. But like, it's it'd be freaky if that happened. It would be, I don't know, would we even notice? There's, there would, there would be people, some sort of people, effect. Most people that were sleeping would just be like laying in their beds thinking like, man, why can't I sleep? And then like everyone in the world would be just doing the same thing. And then, crazy. It would be like, and then the next day, <laughs> the next day, everybody would be at work and be like, man, I couldn't sleep yeah, last night. They'd be like, oh, man, me too. I couldn't sleep it's last night It's the start of a either. horror movie, man. Yeah. End of the movie. But right no, there. but it keeps happening every, every night. Every single day. Yeah. And then like. Something's like well, what would be crazy is that like those uh, those people that couldn't sleep would have maybe eventually go fucking insane because they never got any sleep. Them, because it always happens during nighttime or whatever. There's something, know, man. There's something creepy about it. Anyways, don't steal that idea. I'm gonna use it for something. All right, next news point. There is a. Uh, let me see. What do I have here? What, what do my notes say? Oh, those are old notes. Notes, sorry. Um, yeah. So, I gotta, I gotta jot down. See, this is, this is where I need to become a better podcast host. Try to keep track of these timestamps. The next news point is I got all wrapped up thinking about everyone waking up at the same second. Um, uh, there's a predecessor. You know, the predecessor to this game isn't gonna ever disappear. We're always gonna hear something about it because it's in developmental hell, but. The original Beyond Good and Evil has a 20th anniversary edition, uh, apparently, that was discovered on the U.S. ratings board. Um, it's possible this could be releasing on PS5. Maybe this is happening to gauge actual real interest in Beyond Good and Evil 2 before they go forward any further. Or maybe this is just coincident. I don't know. Is this coincidence? I don't know. I don't know. If Beyond Good and Evil 2 is ever going to come out, you might be right. It could be one of those things where it's just like they're kind of at a crossroads financially and they're just like, let's just release this. We'll make a little bit of money and then we'll see how many people buy it. And if a lot of people buy it, maybe they'll be like, oh, maybe they'll re reboot or refresh Beyond Good and Evil 2 or something. Mm -hmm. And if nobody gives a shit, maybe they'll just say Beyond Good and Evil 2 canceled. Fuck all of you. But I don't know if there was like a Kickstarter or something for that, so could be that there might be some uh, might be some consequences to canceling that game. I don't know why it's been in development for so long. You would think that at this point they would just fucking cancel it. Yeah, it's not like it's it's not like it's a you know like a Starfield or something like that where you're where you're dealing with this massive universe with all this shit that you got to remember and all this like branching paths and all this crap from what I understand Beyond Good and Evil is just like a just like a linear kind of game so what the fuck is taking so long I don't know I mean uh, as a writer as a creator you can get kind of caught up in like not knowing when to just say, okay, it's finished. You know what I mean? Maybe 
in their mind, they have to create the best fucking thing ever made. And like, they're just, maybe it's just a hang up in that regard. Or maybe there's, but what I don't know, direction, maybe the story's not good. I don't know. Like I get, I get what you're saying. A, a, A creative typically never thinks that their creation is complete. Almost ever. There's always something that could be done to make it better. Um, this is how things get overproduced and stuff like that. But uh, why is Ubisoft paying for this? Do you know what I mean? Like you would think that eventually they'd be like shit or get off the pot. But they're they're hanging on to this for some reason, and I don't understand why. There's a there's a news article on PC Gamer that says 15 years after announcing the sequel, Ubisoft is going to try to remember how to release a Beyond Good and Evil game. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> that's funny. It is funny. I don't know. I I I fondly remember playing the original on PC, really enjoying it. I couldn't tell you right now what that game was about. I know there was like a pig guy. There was like a pig pig character with like a boar or something. And there was There's a girl, right? The woman. Yeah, the girl is the main character. I remember it being really good. It was like a space game kind of in a way too. Like it was awesome. But I mean at this point, just come up with something new. I don't know. All right. Anyways, that was a news point. And – the next news point that we have on PS This Is Awesome is that if you're going to be playing Baldur's Gate 3, Jake, on the PlayStation 5, the PlayStation blog has a nice little starter guide for figuring out what character class you might want to start as. So there's a lot of character classes, as one would expect in a game like Baldur's Gate. Uh, we have the Barbarian. We have the Fighter. The Monk, the Paladin, the Rogue, the Ranger, the Bard, the Cleric, the Druid, the Wizard, and the Warlock. <laughs> so it's just like, fuck, man, this is a true D&D game. Like, yeah, what? I mean, like, you start a game like this, usually I'm going heck and slash Barbarian or Paladin, right? I, It's usually the way I usually go because I feel like that's the easiest, like – cheesiest class to be but if I were going to play this game and I probably am going to try it we'll see a couple that really I think would be fun would be like I've never successfully been a wizard in any fucking game um, because I always kind of shy away because like you got to manage like MP and like you got to be strong and like you can just get trounced by like physical attacks right so but I'd be tempted to be the warlock or wizard, um, you know, I, I think. And, and I there is something that always has appealed to me about being like a rogue, like a thief, you know, and just being sneaky and fast. So if I were to venture out of my barbarian fighter paladin mainstay, I would probably go complete opposite and go with like wizard, warlock, spellcaster, maybe maybe rogue or ranger but probably like probably wizard just fuck with it man what what about you you should like, be a bard dude everybody knows the bard sucks the bard always sucks they they're usually like just like 
singing songs during combat and like <laughs> you know um i think the one thing to think about there might there there might be guides honestly on like each class and how to sort of do your thing with them mm-hmm. but like the one thing to keep in mind is that you're going to have like your main character is just one of the characters that are in your party so it's not like when you it's not like diablo where if you pick the wizard and the wizard's fucking hard it's just you Mm. it's like you have other characters that play with you and the wizard is just one component of that so you'll also have a fighter in your crew and you'll also have uh whatever 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 so it really boils down to how you play the role-playing element of the game to be able to build that combat party that you really want. I don't know that, yeah, you might be the most attached to your character because it's the one that you built, but my understanding with the way that the game works is that you can play any of the characters that are in your party. You don't have to just play the guy that you created at the beginning. But obviously, don't take my word for it. I haven't played the game. Oh, I did miss one. You can also be a sorcerer. So you could be a wizard, a warlock, or a sorcerer. Yeah. Or, well, the way they break what's break the it, fucking difference. So I'll tell you, I'm on the site right now, and it's just a brief little write up on each one, like not even a paragraph. It says that the wizard, the arc, the archetypical backline spellcaster, wizards have little going for them in terms of weapons or armor, but have the biggest and best magic abilities of any class in the game. Their high intelligence allows wizards to learn and utilize offensive attacks. Suited for just about any situation, wizard subclasses focus on giving bonus attributes to the type of spells your character specializes in, though these choices won't limit your magical arsenal's potential in the slightest. The Warlock says, drawing powerful magic abilities from otherworldly creatures by swearing loyalty, what could possibly go wrong? Plenty can go right in the Warlock class. Not only can you wield strong offensive support and debilitating magic, the wisdom and charisma your patron has granted you gives you the wit needed to worm your way out of sticky social situations. The exact workings of your spells will vary depending on which being you swear fealty to. The fiend, the great old one, or the arc fay. And the sorcerer who looks way meaner and more like a bad guy. Some people are born talented. Sorcerers don't need to study or draw power from others. For their magic, they're just that good. The meta magic feature unique to this class allows you to enhance your spells in new and exciting ways, creating personalized spells that, combined with your smooth talking charisma, make a sorcerer useful in and out of combat. By subclassing to storm sorcery, wild magic, draconic bloodline, you can further infuse your spells with tempests, chaos, or even the power of dragons. So it's just like shit, man. There's there's so much going on in this game. Like I don't know. It, it's gonna be meaty as fuck for anyone who wants to play it. But the, it does kind of scratch an itch that I really think I'm missing. Um, I really am interested in this game. But do you have anything, Jake? What what care? What archetype? What class would you lean to? Probably, if I had probably rogue. Would be my guess, um, just because I like that that sneaky stealth kind of dagger style gameplay. 
Um, like when I play Skyrim, my favorite my favorite character build is a is a like a thief or rogue build. Mm. Um, but it's always fun. Like like it's always fun to do the default fighter build. Um, but I think that that warlock sounds pretty cool. Having the magic, but also having like the like the charisma and the dialogue capabilities and stuff. Yeah, I think would be really neat. Because there are some, there is something satisfying to be able to skill check your way out of like a, a combat through like dialogue or whatever. You yeah. Know? So being spry. But yeah, I think that uh, like looking at that list, the first one that jumps out at me is is the rogue mm. as far as like what I would probably pick. Mm. Mm. What do they say about the rogue? I mean, everybody knows what the rogue is, but what do they say? They say. God, the paladin, the rogue. I don't like the way the rogue looks. I'll tell you that. The, the picture they give me, he looks like an elf. Looks like he's highfalutin. <laughs> looks like he's like... Might be an elf. He probably fixes tube amps in Hubbard, Ohio. <laughs> um, it says, if your motto is the best defense is to not get hit, you'll feel right at home in the rogue class with high dexterity and plenty of stealthy, evasive uh, movement and combat skills. What better way to destroy your foes than to slay them before they even know you're there? Subclasses all build on the rogue's natural strengths. Thief gets extra actions each turn. Arcane tricksters use magic to befuddle with illusions and distractions. Sounds like Loki. And assassins are all about efficient, sneaky kills. Yeah, it does sound like a, a class that you would like to play. You like those dishonored games where you can stealth through shit. Yeah. That's cool. The yeah, I'm not gonna talk about the bard. Well, the cleric is also kind of magical, but I think they're more focused on like healing spells. There's like white magic, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, very cool. All right, well, let's move on to the next news point. Um, if if the listeners are gonna get Baldur's Gate three, what what character class best suits you? I'm curious what you guys and girls may want to play as as your first go round. You create a character that's part of the fun of the game. That's like the first three hours is sitting there wondering what you're gonna call them, what you're gonna make them look like. What's their backstory, right? What are they? Yeah. Are they male? Are they female? Are they in between? It's going to be interesting. Yeah, super cool. So, all right, let's see here. So the next news point is is kind of just it's just that it, it's just a news a news point. I, I didn't see any sites really talking about this, but Gamatsu had a thing about this new brawler that looked a lot like Streets of Rage Four, and uh, it's it's releasing in twenty twenty four. It's a side-scrolling beat-em-up called Mayhem Brawler 2, Best of Both Worlds. Um, it was announced for PS5. You guys know I'm a sucker for beat-em-ups, so this actually looked really cool to me. And uh, I really like this art direction over the TMNT art, the pixel art shit that's been happening. Um, you know, I think this game looks nice. The the the, the smoothness of the artwork uh, in general, I think... You know, maybe they maybe they were taking some notes from the Streets of Rage game, or maybe Streets of Rage Four took notes from the first Mayhem Brawler. I'm not sure, but I do I do like the idea of more beat 'em ups coming our way because they're quick to play through. I'm still working on TMNT. Uh, you do you do a level in like eight minutes, ten minutes, and then you just set it aside. You know, get your fill. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think that that's that's kind of cool. Jake, have you ever heard of Mayhem Brawler? Um, 
I haven't. I was just scrubbing through some video of them. It, it looks cool. I mean, the art style looks cool. Uh, yeah. I, I I don't play a ton of these games. I mean, the last one that I really played that I actually really liked was uh, Shredder's Revenge. Mm-hmm. But um, when I was a kid, I used to play Streets of Rage on my Sega Game Gear. Yeah. So that's uh, there's that. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I, th- I think they're good. I think they are good. Sometimes the combat is a little bit kind of. It's a little bit kind of um, thin for me. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why I liked Shredder's Revenge is that they added some mechanics to it that made it feel a little bit more modern as far as like the way that you can jump and dodge and stuff like that that, that isn't traditionally in like your Streets of Rages yeah. and, and that, those types of games. But that might be off-putting to a traditional beat-em-up lover. So I, but I don't know anything about Mayhem Brawler. I don't know, like, other than looking at it and, and like, kind of watching some of the gameplay. Is it something that I'm going to like run out and play? Probably not, just because beat 'em ups aren't like my central game. But yeah. it's something that I might be willing to try if I have access to it. Yeah, yeah. And for anyone who hasn't played Streets of Rage Four, I, I still think that that is a banger of a game. Uh, if if you're at all interested in, in beat 'em ups, that that is the way to go. Next news point, Jake. Uh, I'll tell you, this is something right in my wheelhouse, something I know, something I understand. This is not the Wizards of the Coast G.I. Joe game, but we got an we got a out of the blue trailer from Hasbro Games. It's called G.I. Joe Wrath of Cobra. It is a G.I. Joe beat 'em up game. Which is long overdue, to be honest. But the thing about this, I have a lot of opinions on this already. Um, you know, you're not going to believe this, but it, this is happening. But I don't think it's coming to PlayStation. <laughs> so I think it's coming to Switch and PC, not even like PC Steam. So I can't, my Mac, I can't play it. I don't know. I might have to rent your Switch from you or something or borrow Seth's or something just to play this game. <laughs> uh, they've done some right with this, it looks like. And uh, the artwork doesn't really do anything for me. It's clearly the characters that I love. Uh, there's a new theme song that they made for JJO, which doesn't hold any nostalgic value for me. It just kind of seems campy and cheesy. Um, but uh, I, I wish that like it wasn't pixel arty. If that makes sense, like it's a little too pixely. It looks like, and and the trailer looks like it's running at like less than thirty frames a second. Like it looks really fucking choppy and shitty and slow. I love that this is a thing because it looks like they're moving in the right direction with a G.I. Joe game for once. But, you know, granted, like, Gung Ho and a lot of those guys, Snake Eyes and stuff, would, like, punch and fight people. But, like, I mean, come on, man. G.I. Joes have laser weapons. So, like, this whole thing is just, like, Duke and Scarlet and everybody just punching bad guys. And, and it's like, I don't know that beat em up is the best way unless you give these guys some specials that they can break out their laser rifles. Um, you know, which would be awesome if that's like how they utilize our specials. But I don't know, Jake. You, I put a link to the trailer here. Do you, do you have anything that you'd like to add about this? It looks um, it looks a little. I jank. think it looks bad. Yeah, but I hope that it like for your sake. I hope that it plays. Well, but I don't like the way that it looks. When I say it looks bad, I don't mean that it, I think it looks like a bad game. I'm just saying that, like, I right. think that it visually looks bad. Right. Um, I agree. So I 
that's really the the I guess the extent of what I have to say to it. I think GI Joe is a good is a good. I think there are a couple types of games that GI Joe would fit really well in. One of them is a beat 'em up because of like you know you could have the different characters and things like that. They could drop in characters whenever they wanted. Yeah, they could do a uh, a GI Joe fighting game might be kind of interesting. Like a street fighter game, yeah. Yeah, because you could have all the different characters from G.I. Joe fighting each other. They all have their own unique skill set and everything like that. Obviously, you'd have to get around things like, you know, ranged weapons and stuff other than special attacks. But that doesn't mean it's not possible. The last thing is that, and I know this sounds stupid, but G.I. Joe would almost be like an awesome Lego game. It would be. Where it's, all the colors. like. Yeah, so you can get all the different like you can collect all the different things from the le- the the GI Joe games, the vehicles, the characters, the you know all their different like armor sets and you know from the different eras and all that kind of stuff. Like I think that um, I don't know why. I guess it's TT Games. Uh, why they would do a GI Joe game, but I think that it would be kind of cool. I just don't know that it's relevant enough for, for Lego to be interested, but I, mm. cause GI Joe really isn't relevant anymore. It's only relevant to people like, you know, you and like people my age and stuff that, that actually were around when it was big. And obviously even when I was a kid, it was still big, but I was on sort of the tail end of its heyday. If that makes any sense. And I'm 36 years old. So I don't know. Like, I think we had this conversation on the podcast before. I think all of the new G.I. Joes that are being sold are being sold to fucking 30-plus-year-olds. I don't know that, you know, uh, a nine-year-old is buying a $25 G.I. Joe. Yeah. But I could be wrong about that. I mean – how how can you really know, dude? There's but, a lot I mean, of really weird, yeah. There, and just just because I know GI Joe well, there's a lot of there's a lot of really weird things in the gameplay um, trailer, and uh, just just some quick quick things that I'm seeing is like it looks like Duke has a special where like he calls in like a fire strike where missiles come down, right? But the bombs dropping have Cobra logos on them. Why? Because you couldn't make one that has like a star on it? Like you already had them for some other part of the game and you're just reusing that missile? Like, mm. so there's that. It's weird. They they are using a lot of the Cobra Troopers and they've got different versions of the Cobra Troopers, different colored ones. Um, it seems like the pickups are kind of weird. They have a Cobra Trooper throwing dynamite and I'm like, man, like, Maybe they do use Firefly, but Firefly is the demolition expert for Cobra. Like, maybe, I don't know, maybe he is the final boss. But the pickups are just different colored floppy disks that you're picking up. Is that Intel? Um, Interesting. Yeah, dude, I don't know. It's really weird. Scarlet calls in a missile strike, and they just look like regular missiles that stun people. They do have trouble bubbles, which are like the little flight pods. Snake Eyes has Timber, which is fine. I don't know if that's a special or not. There's female troopers, Cobra troopers, which is fine because if you collect G.I. Joe, the classified, the, Val- the Valkyria troopers just got released, uh, which are – it's a, it's a double set. It's two female Cobra officers. 
but I, I'm not sold on the graphics in the direction of this. I, I left a comment on this under our podcast thing. And on this trailer, there's a lot of, and, and I'm only going deep into this because G.I. Joe is like, it's my jam, dude. I've got G.I. Joe's everywhere. Um, a lot of the comments on this are just like, uh, did Roblox just throw Destro down and execute him? Question mark. You know, stuff like reminds me of the Teenage Ninja Turtles game. The overall impression seems to be thumbs up. Like G.I. Joe fans are kind of happy. Um, but now people are also writing like it looks like these all have the same visual art style. Uh, and then someone brought up a point that I brought up kind of is like, why does it seem like uh, Cobra is defending the G.I. Joe headquarters? Like they, it seems like they got some of the stuff backwards on some of these gameplay like this gameplay like Duke wouldn't ever launch Cobra missiles at Cobra that's weird um, and then people are citing the PSAs like who wants a body massage you know but it's it's weird and this person writes it can't be worse than Operation Blackout <laughs> where they don't flinch if you hit them uh, that's, that's hilarious um then someone's like, did they have to change the, th the theme song? You know? Yeah, right. Um, Joe's, Joe's used guns and tanks, not their fists. That's funny. Uh, Dude, I, I just think that I think that G.I. Joe fans are starving so bad. We are. For anything that, like, you guys will just justify anything that comes out. It's like it's like I don't understand why it's so hard for someone to latch on to fucking GI Joe and make a decent game. Not even like, not even. I'm saying a give us a five out of ten game. Give us a five out of ten. <laughs> Everything has been one, one garbage games. For the it should not be that fucking hard to make a GI Joe game. I don't understand why. Now we're. This could I don't be decent. Assume this game is bad. I don't want to assume it's bad. It could be good, but I think that it's uh, pretty crazy that we haven't had one good GI Joe game. One, not even like just good, not great, not amazing, not the best game of the year. But you buy it just and don't like, regret it. Good, right? You just have fun playing it, and you're not like telling yourself the whole time you know you're not trying to convince yourself that it's a good game yeah. which i think is what most gi joe fans are doing with these games that come out it's like they're trying to convince themselves that operation blackout is a good it game. got so it's bad like, dude it's been so bad that people were buying tom clancy's ghost recon breakpoint and creating gi joe characters in that game like that's how thirsty the gi joe community is to have a real gi joe game that's good like Hopefully the Wizards of the Coast game's good. You know, I mean, why are you picking up floppy disks for fuck's sake in this game? Like, here's the thing. It's like, maybe that makes sense. But, like, you would think, like, you could be picking up file cards for other characters that you can go peruse after you get done with a level and read people's backstory. You, it'd be so easy. They're already written. You have Hasbro's license here. Hasbro Retro Arcade stamped on this trailer. Freedom Games is making it. Maple Power Games is making it. Coming in 2024. 
They're dropping Cobra bombs on Cobra. Maybe that's maybe that is like a joke that Cobra Commander can't fucking aim his weapons. But why is Duke calling it down? You know what I mean? Why is he like, and then Cobra missiles hit? Like, what is going on? Like, you don't have to be intelligent to make a good GI Joe game. It's already there. Everything is there already. You got the good guys, you got the bad guys, you have characters. Every single character is visually interesting and different looking. They all have, I've said this so many times, they all have their special moves. They have what they're good at. Like Roadblock, for instance, is a fucking chef. You could do something funny where like he fucking makes like a fucking cake or something. I don't know. Or he cooks up a meal and throws it at somebody. Just like show us that you understand the characters. Just show us that you fucking love this property like we do. The one thing that I do want to say is I thought at one point Kevin Smith got involved in Skybound, uh, had some sort of acquisition of G.I. Joe uh, license. Um, uh, Skybound Entertainment, G.I. Joe. And if this is true, yeah, so it it is. So this was Skybound. The comic says uh, it was now Real American Hero, one of the largest running non superhero comics of all time, will return November with issue number three hundred one. Legendary series writer Larry Hama um, is joined because they ended at three hundred. Um, so Skybound is owned by Kevin Smith. They also have a games games division. Skybound. Uh, I forget what it's called. Skybound. What is it? Games. Um, but they're the ones who took over and re-released the definitive edition of The Walking Dead. Um, it was Skybound. So they are at least going to be releasing the comics. And having somebody like Kevin Smith behind a property like G.I. Joe can't fucking hurt at this point. So if if he's involved at all... Man, I I don't know. I, I don't know if he's involved. This could just be like an obvious like money grab for their for their sake. But so I don't know. It it's it's like it's so it's so fucking on the edge of being a thing that could like be the the six inch action figures have sold so well, Hasbro are pumping them out like crazy. They're just pumping them the fuck out. So there is an interest. There's 100% an interest in these games um, or in the franchise. But it's not how it's being served right now. It's just, you know, we're, we're being taken advantage of as, as fans of the property. Um, at least with the Ninja Turtle side-scroller beat-em-up, you can tell, like, there's homage to some of the older Ninja Turtle games there hasn't been a successful G.I. Joe game, so maybe that's what they're trying to figure out is, like, how do we do this? Like, at least TMNT had good games, you know? Uh, I don't know. Ghostbusters, whatever, maybe had some decent games in the past, like serviceable games at least. G.I. Joe has not had anything like this. Their movies have all fucking sucked, uh, you know, for as much as I want to like them. That, like, and it's weird because it's such a good property like that's what i don't understand like it's it's actually the most intelligent property of them all um i was watching some of the older gi joe cartoons again and it's 
I think I brought this one up before where, where Cobra Commander found a way to, to destroy U.S. currency. And then he took over everybody's television and he said, listen, I'm sorry, but bring your valuables to extensive enterprises and we will give you the Cobra dollar, which is better than the money you just had. So in the back, they're spray painting shitty metal to look shiny and nice and they're stamping Cobra Commander's face on it. And these people are wheeling in their jewelry and giving it to Cobra in exchange for the Cobra dollar and Cobra coins. And G.I. Joe's like, fuck, we got to put an end to this. And like, so Scarlet goes undercover and she poses as like this businesswoman who has a lot of assets and she's dealing with Cobra because she's going to hand over all of her, all of her money, but she just wants to take a look at the Cobra, at the Cobra's long-term goal for their money. And she's posing as this businesswoman and Cobra bring her into her, into her area. And then she pulls her mask off and she's like, I know what you're fucking up to. I'm Scarlet. And you guys are found out, you know, and the evil twins try to stop her. And it's like, dude, what a cool fucking premise for like a 30 minute TV cartoon that I had no idea what I was watching as a kid. Cause I didn't understand, you know, money. I didn't understand how that shit worked, but what a cool way, thing to do. Like Cobra commanders come up with a weather dominator. He tries to like, manipulate the weather and convince people into like making him like the like we're getting like millions and millions of dollars from from the country of the US. He's like if you don't pay me like 500 million dollars, I'm going to affect the climate so bad that I'm going to flood California and I'm going to flood, you know, the glacial the glacial uh whatever are going to melt. And this is like in the 80s and like Cobra Commanders are coming up with this fucking shit that like is now relevant today and it's like you can't take one of these storylines and make a fucking video game out of it. Unbelievable. I'm <laughs> I'm so annoyed. Whatever. I, I shouldn't have put this on the news point because I'm I'm so fucking <laughs> invested in this. Anyways, I'm still excited that it's happening. I, I I won't have a way to play it, it looks like, but I don't know, dude. I I'll take a beat 'em up at this point. Like you said, Jake, I'm thirsty for something G.I. Joe related. There's no new games to announce because we already talked about them on the last episode. Um which we recorded on Wednesday and released on a Wednesday night. We're recording this on Sunday, so there's not been a whole lot of time in between. And that's it for the show, Jake. I don't have anything else. I've got nothing else for you or for the listeners. Not a lot of news, but a longer episode than I thought it was going to be because I went on a tangent. Sure. So sorry about that. But do you have anything else you'd like to say? Do you... Still think that doing the show and releasing it on Wednesday is a good idea? Have you sat on and listened? I, th- you know? I think so, yeah, because I, I think it'll just work better for our schedules. We won't have to deal so much with the, the moving around of uh, the podcast and stuff. Mm-hmm. The last few weeks have just been hard. So it'll give us a little bit more time to get things sort of situated. We'll be able to release – most weeks we'll be able to release our episodes a little early for our patrons – and uh, yeah, I I think that it's I think that it's good. Good, yeah, I think I think it's a strong call. And you know, if things change, hey, the good news is is we can always change stuff because it's our show. So yeah, all right. Well, dude, I'm gonna let you go for the rest of the day. It's uh, what is today? Sunday. Yep. Yeah, it's Sunday. Recording this on Sunday. I'll have it up for the patrons by the evening. So you guys will get your episode on Monday morning, and then uh, everybody else will have to wait till Wednesday morning to listen to the show. But 
Uh, if you're listening to this, thank you. And don't forget to share it with your friends. It's about all I have as well. You guys have a great, I hope you had a nice Labor Day weekend and uh, didn't work too hard. And uh, we will catch you next week with another episode of PS This Is Awesome. So thank you and uh, give it some thought. Go on over to the patron. Give it some thought. Go over there. Dollar a month. It goes a long ways. We appreciate it. With that out of the way, Jake. Like a boy and his blob, a plague tale requiem, and Ark the Lad. P.S. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome.